Welcome to another episode of Sip and Swill with Suni. This time around, we're going to be analyzing The Outsiders. It was written by Susan Eloise Hinton, and it was published for the first time in the year 1967, when Miss Hinton was only 18 years old. If you're 18, or you've been 18, or you know someone who's 18, you just wonder. You just wonder what happened. Um... And she started writing the book when she was 15 in 1952. And so she wrote this book as a need. She wrote it out of a place. She was always a reader at this point in her life. But she was getting kind of bored or tired. She needed something more dynamic of the young adult options that there were in that time. Which were few in genre. Really it was a lot of fantasy things. Some stories about that were really intangible and she wanted to make sure that she had written something or she wanted something to be available that felt like real life she wanted to read about people who were like her and lived in the world like her and so here's something that i took from the internet um a while back i didn't get the proper name for it so i'm just gonna you know give the disclaimer it's not mine se hinton literally provided an incredible human and beautiful tool that has served as a platform for educators, adults, and even peers to understand the minds of many young people. For the last 51 years and over 15 million copies for many years to come. So only 51 years ago, this book was published and it sold 15 million copies. I know I read this when I was in middle school and it has remained in throughout my life up until now. It's remained in the, one of the top books that have really left an impression of how important it is to be really authentic and really committed to yourself and to your personality and wanting to grow that as well as possible. And so let's dive right in to this and uh analyzation and so let's start off with pony boy what will bring you this kind of happiness for the long term and so then we have pony boy just to bring it back to him pony boy is a gifted boy that loves to read watches sunsets loves spending time with his brothers and their friends he brings home good grades and is and they go into the world working and hoping really that's that's their driving force work for hope Derry is the eldest brother. He works two jobs and skipped out on college. He had really great grades and he was super athletic and he was going to go on a scholarship. But he went ahead and he dropped it. He is the authority in the house and sets the rules. Soda Pop is the middle of the brothers. And he really always disregarded school. He's the most handsome, pre presumably, of the brothers by the way that you see the admiration at least from from Pony Boy and of, and not similarly of course, but of the girls in the neighborhood where they fawn over him. They really find him to be an inside and outside, really attractive person. And so he works at the gas station, right? He has a really glad heart. He's always happy and is in love with someone that he can't have for forever. You know, he's like 17 or 16, I think, uh, 16. And he... You know, he has an illusion that a lot of us have and few of us actually get to that your first love is your last love and this is 
He hardly cuts Pony Boy a break. He's an athlete, a really great one, a great track runner. Derry hopes for so much and works so hard, but Soda is more of his contemporaries. They're a lot closer in age, and he also acts as Derry's partner in being the provider of the house and being the authorities of the house, you know, the the yin and yang, because Derry's really stern and strict and, and really has a really hard outer shell, whereas Pony Boy gets to find solace and, and empathy in his brother Soda Pop. Pony Boy is beyond description. He's extraordinary, but also he's really regular. He's a kid who loves his pals, you know, all his buddies, to be with his pals and to remain curious about the world around him. And so what's really important about him is that he's really well read, he's got this group of buddies, they're all called greasers, that's what they call themselves because all their hair slicked back and they look real tough, you know, like that macho persona that they're trying to add to their lives at the age of 14 to 19 or a little older even. And they usually find academic pursuits to be second place, if not altogether, a waste of energy. They really couldn't care about it much less. At the start, it's been less than a year since he and his brothers had lost their parents. And so you don't actually know this until the end of the book, so it adds context. That's really the dynamic of the family. And then what happens is that this, now we're gonna get into the dynamic of what the world is around them. The most important thing a greaser can do for survival, because that's the mode that they're always in. These are the poor kids who need to live differently than other people. And so survival is the first thing that they have to think about. And Pony Boy, like really, he's, he's not at that speed. He's really not. He lives in the clouds and in the day-to-day -day things, you know, he's caught up by the things that make him happy and he's caught up by the details of the world that interest him and ignite his, his imagination and his questions of the world. Those things of being a kid, really, those things that they, where you're not preoccupied with, with survival like the others might be or are. It's not to say that he doesn't think important to note about Pony Boy because that's where a big difference falls, not just in him and his brothers, or in him and his uh, extended brothers, his greasers, but between him and then the rest of the world around him, the little further out. All the boys have a place here in this greaser world where they hang out and what becomes their real family. They are so loved and cared for, and for most, more so here than in their own homes. How can they not feel as strongly as they do about their bond? How can they not go to the ends of the world and their parole, which is, you know, asterisk here, like parole is real for these guys, to take care of one another? A difference between the greasers and the socials, the socialites, the ones who get to go to clubs and the ones who don't have to worry about money and the ones who get to go to the parties and break things and be drunk and be mean to their girlfriends, you know, just like those kind of, th these people, these real characters in this world. It's that he hasn't been phased yet. He's still dreamy, still hoped, and still longed for something more. And it's really, is that one feels too much. One is hot-headed, passionate, has a sense of duty, and is incredibly empathetic to a degree that most people don't have to be. 
And then the other, the other one essentially feels nothing at all. They're always searching, testing boundaries. What they're really feeling is a thrill. They want, they seek, and they want the sense of thrill instead of the sense of safety and camaraderie because they technically already have that physically, even though they might not emotionally. And we might, we'll get to that in a second. So a lot of this can be noticed by their socioeconomic status. You can go ahead and, and place it off as a luxury, really, that the boys, that the socias get to go ahead and, and to act out in society and there is little to no repercussion for them. Whereas when the greasers do something, or even if the socias do it, if there's a greaser nearby, they'll always get blamed. And it's this whole thing that I think we still go through today, but just to a different degree or with more violence or with less violence or it really depends on how you look at it because it can happen digitally it can happen in real life you know in the tactful life in the tangible life and that's just something that i think might be one of the most core pieces of this piece of literature where it happened this was going on back in the 50s this was going on most certainly i think just because it's the most basic kind of conflict i think we can we can tap into within the history of literature and, and the different cultures is just that struggle, not even for balance, but just between me and you, us and them. And so we get into the situation of trying to fulfill our needs and seeing that someone else is getting, you know, someone else is getting something else. And then we fall into this comparative narrative that affects us more negatively than than anything else and that's just getting a little philosophical but to talk more about the outsiders and this us is us versus them is that where you can really tell the beginning you know the the superficial of of this world is in how they dress in what how expensive their cars are how expensive their houses are um how they break expensive things with no thought about how it affects anybody because you know one thing is breaking something you know breaking a bottle they call it a pop bottle um a bottle that's a bottle like a bottle of uh coca-cola like those old ones that one would have and use as as a shank essentially as your protection or for attack where the greasers usually just use it use it as protection because that's the situation that they're usually put in they break things that are already broken things that they don't know how to repair and i think that falls into a little bit in their personalities because they work really hard in being each other's brothers in repairing the lack of love that they experience everywhere else and trying to make up for it here in their own special way and the socials we don't get to get that deep about them but what we do know learn about the socials is that one of the best friends, uh, I believe his name is Randy, I didn't write that in the notes because I didn't think it'd be relevant, although it should have been because it's important, but Randy, if I, do, if I remember correctly, is the best friend of this dude that drives a blue Mustang and has the prettiest girlfriend and is the one who's most drunk and the one who's always picking fights and the one who beats up Johnny, Ponyboy's best friend. And it just it gets to this point where we finally see the real side of what was going on, thanks to his best friend. 
um, after a really big tragedy happens um, due to aggression, alcohol, some PTSD, defense, love for the person that you already love. Um, you know, there was a fight between Pony Boy Johnny and I think Randy and his friend, this one that we would have been speaking with through Pony Boy, of course, uh, is this tapping into their real life because this guy wanted to talk to Pony Boy when he came back from a trip and he wanted to tell us that he was a real guy. He didn't have his parents to tell him no and he was searching for somebody to give him a limit and well Johnny gave it to him after he gave it to Johnny in reality. In this fight it ended in Johnny's killing of this guy because he was almost killing Pony Boy by dunking his head in the water violently. But this is the same guy who went ahead and did it and bruised up his face and broke maybe a couple bones of of Johnny. And so Johnny couldn't handle it again. Johnny had a Johnny had a knife and that he only carried it after he was brutally brutally jumped by this guy and his friends. And so that's so that has so much to do with everything, man. We see Johnny and Pony Boy get into this fight, or rather, be the victims and then victim, and you know, and they make a victim of this fight. And that's where they have to go away. And when they go away, you see Johnny and Pony Boy, they're the youngest of the group, and they create an even stronger bond. They become even more close in their hunger while they're hiding out in a church, thanks to one of their friends, Dally. You know, they're in this situation that is hell-bent, man. They took a train that they hopped into to get to this place out in the middle of nowhere to escape what they thought was sure death just by by being taken away from their families. Well, Pony Boy by take, being taken away from their his family. And Johnny, well, his family, now he never felt loved by his family at all. And that's not just because Johnny may have blocked it out, like, oh, he's just an adolescent. No, like, his family was abusive and didn't wonder about when he came home or why he came home so late or what condition he's in or if he's eaten that day. You know, that's just, that's not the deck of cards that Johnny was dealt. And we see their bond and their friendship and their appreciation for each other. Pony Boy is reading, and there's a moment where... The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.